Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with the latest on the war. Israel's military says its ground forces have now encircled Gaza City and taken control of a Hamas base. We get more from Bloomberg's Paul Wallace. They stepped up their assault overnight and they've now encircled Gaza City, which the Israeli military has described as the center of gravity for Hamas's operations. They also say they've effectively cut the Gaza Strip uh, in two now between the north, where they're focusing their military activities, and the south, where they're hoping since the start of this conflict for civilians to evacuate to. And Bloomberg's Paul Wallace reports Israel also says a humanitarian corridor for Gaza City area residents to move south remains open. Well, Nathan, diplomatic efforts to stop the fighting continue. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is now in Turkey after an unscheduled stop in Baghdad. Blinken says more needs to be done to get aid into Gaza. We have about 100 trucks a day going in. That's good, but it's grossly insufficient. So now we're working on uh, on raising that significantly so that more aid in a, in a sustained way gets into uh, uh, Palestinians who need it. And Secretary of State Blinken also met with Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas in the West Bank on Sunday. And Karen, as Israeli bombardments continue, senior U.S. senators are raising growing alarm about civilian casualties. Independent Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders says Israel needs to stop the bombing now. You had over 600,000 people pushed out of their homes. Where are they going? They're staying in United Nations uh, facilities, overcrowded. There's not enough water, there's not enough food, there's not enough medicine. Not enough fuel. You got a humanitarian disaster. Senator Sanders spoke on CNN's State of the Union. White House Deputy National Security Advisor John Feiner says he shares that concern, but Israel needs to address the threat from Hamas. Not only uh, does that threat continue to exist, but you continue to see Hamas say that if given the opportunity, they would conduct a version of what they did on October 7th uh, again. So the threat has not been eliminated. Deputy National Security Advisor John Feiner was a guest on CBS's Face the Nation, which you can hear every Sunday on Bloomberg Radio. Well, Nathan, we now turn to the civil fraud trial of Donald Trump. The former president is scheduled to take the stand today. And Bloomberg, Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. Donald Trump has made a living touting his worth and business acumen. And today, prosecutors will directly question him in open court about what the judge has already ruled are inflated values. His son, Eric, says his dad is very fired up. He's already been fined $15,000 and two fines for violating a gag order. And in the past, has called the judge unhinged a Trump-hating radical left Democratic operative. In deposition, he called it the greatest witch hunt in the history of the country and called Attorney General Letitia James an out-of-control prosecutor. Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Ed, thank you. In geopolitics, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and her Chinese counterpart will hold two days of talks in San Francisco this week. It's a step toward more normal ties ahead of a long-anticipated meeting between the leaders of the world's two largest economies. Yellen and Chinese Vice Premier He Lifang, the nation's top economic official, will meet Thursday and Friday. 
Turning to the markets now, Nathan, a record for Warren Buffett is Berkshire Hathaway's cash pile, reaching more than $157 billion. It was fueled by elevated interest rates and a lack of meaningful deals. We get more from Bloomberg's Charlie Wells. This feels a little bit like a good and a bad problem. So, sort of going, say, as a regular person to the store, having a lot of cash and not knowing what to do with it because you just don't see anything to buy. That is sort of a problem writ large for Berkshire Hathaway right now, where a lot of the money that they do have is, you know, part in short-dated treasuries. They have been really feeling the benefit of the yields there. But for this company that is known for making smart, long-term investments, for Mm. acquiring companies that Buffett really believes in, this just seems to indicate there's not a lot of value out there right now. That's Bloomberg Financial reporter Charlie Wells, who says Berkshire reported operating earnings of more than ten and three quarter billion dollars in the quarter. In the meantime, Karen Wall Street's looking for another busy week for earnings, and we get a preview of that from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. Just over 400 members of the S&P 500 index have reported so far, and many U.S. companies have been putting on a better-than-expected show for their third-quarter results, boosting investor confidence. Nadia Lovell is senior U.S. equity strategist at UBS Financial Services. The earnings season is coming in better than expected, and so we think that the outlook continues to improve. Among some of the names reporting this week, the Walt Disney Company, Arm Holdings, Biogen, Devon Energy, D.R. Horton, UBS, and Uber. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Charlie, thanks. We'll return to the economy now. And Atlanta Fed President Raphael Bostic said policymakers can be patient when it comes to interest rate moves. Today, my outlook is that we're going to stay on that slow and steady. And if we continue to do that, then I think where we are now will be sufficiently restrictive to get us to, to the 2% level for inflation. But there's still a lot that's going to happen between now and even the next meeting. Atlanta Fed President Raphael Bostic made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's Michael McKee and catch the entire interview on the Bloomberg Talks podcast. And Karen, Elon Musk has revealed his own artificial intelligence bot to challenge chat GPT. It's called Grok, and it is the first product from Musk's XAI company. It is now in testing with a limited group of U.S. users. Earlier this year, Elon Musk was among signatories of a petition calling for a pause in advancing AI models in order to allow for the development of shared safety protocols. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. John, good morning. And Karen, the Biden administration providing $16.4 billion for rail infrastructure projects along Amtrak's busy Northeast Corridor. Let's get more in this report from Washington and Bloomberg Steve Podisk. The new funding includes $3.8 billion for the Gateway Hudson River Tunnel, which officially began construction Friday. It will benefit 25 passenger rail projects overall. The money will help to rebuild tunnels and bridges, upgrade tracks, station power systems and signals, and advance projects to increase operating speeds. The Northeast Corridor, stretching from Boston to Washington, is the most heavily traveled rail corridor in the country supporting 800,000 trips per day in a region that represents 20% of the U.S. economy. Some projects will be finished within the next few years. Steve Potisk, Bloomberg Radio. Federal health officials are expanding an investigation into potentially lead-tainted pouches of apple cinnamon fruit marketed for children. The FDA's received reports of seven illnesses in at least five states. John Eastman says the only thing he could be guilty of is giving bold legal advice to former President Donald Trump. 
Eastman is one of the 19 defendants indicted on charges of election fraud and racketeering over alleged efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. This is a bridge too far in our criminalization of the law and our criminalization of our political opposition. Eastman spoke on CBS's 60 Minutes. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds will endorse Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for the Republican presidential nomination at a rally in Des Moines today. An endorsement by the popular governor would be a win for DeSantis, who struggled to maintain early momentum. Donald Trump derided Reynolds and DeSantis in a post on his Truth Social platform on Sunday, saying her endorsement of his rival contender will be the end of her political career. And Benjamin Netanyahu suspended a far-right minister indefinitely from his government after he claimed dropping a nuclear bomb on Gaza was, quote, a possibility. Global News, 24 hours a day, whenever you want it. With Bloomberg News Now, I'm John Tucker, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, John, thank you. We bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio. But now, as John said, you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. It is time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashauer. John. Karen, the NFL Sunday began in Frankfurt, Germany. Battle of AFC division leaders in the Chiefs led the Dolphins 21 to nothing at halftime. Held on, beat Miami 21 to 14. Kansas City 7-2, tied for the best record in the AFC with Baltimore. The Ravens' fourth straight win was an easy one, 37-3 over Seattle. The night ended with Cincinnati staying hot, a fourth straight win for the Bengals. They beat the Bills 24-18. Joe Burrow threw for 348 yards and two touchdowns. Buffalo had a chance to move into a tie for first with Miami. Cincinnati remains a game behind Baltimore. The Commanders first win at New England since 1996. They beat the Patriots 20-17. Sealed the win with a late interception. The Patriots are 2-7. They are 1-4 at home. C.J. Stroud put on a performance in Houston. The rookie quarterback set a record for most passing yards ever by an NFL rookie QB. 470 yards. He threw for five touchdowns, including the game winner with six seconds left. Houston in a wild one beat Tampa Bay 39-37. to Minnesota is without its starting quarterback Kirk Cousins. They started a rookie Jaron Hall, and then he went out with a concussion. So they put in Joshua Dobbs, who they acquired just this past Tuesday, and he threw a touchdown pass with 22 seconds left. The Vikings beat the Falcons 31-28. NFC East showdown in Philadelphia. The Eagles beat the Cowboys 28-23. The Eagles are 8-1. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way. A brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before. Tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. 
Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. Israel's military now says it has Gaza City surrounded and a Hamas base under its control as the ground offensive continues. That's as Secretary of State Antony Blinken wraps up another whirlwind diplomatic trip to the Middle East to try to keep the war from spreading. For the latest, we are joined by Bloomberg Israel economy and government reporter Galit Altstein in Tel Aviv. Galit, good morning. First, could you update us on all that's been happening on the ground uh, since the weekend? Yes. Uh, hi, Nathan. Yes, I can. So, um, as you mentioned, the Israeli army is now encircling Gaza City and has also um, cut the entire northern part of the Gaza Strip from the southern part. Um, IDF spokesperson Daniel Hagari tells us last night that essentially there is a northern Gaza and a southern Gaza at this time. Um, last night, the Israeli army carried out a massive attack on Hamas infrastructure that's below and above the ground, and the IDF referred to this is a significant operation during which um, internet and telecom services have been disrupted in Gaza for the third time since um, the fighting began. Um, Israeli army reports that they have struck 450 targets from the air over the past day. Overnight, they have taken control of a Hamas military compound. Um, they also say that Jamal Musa, who was responsible for the special security operations of Hamas, was struck and killed by Israeli fighter jets. And Hamas battalion commanders were also killed in battles, and this was on the ground. With these kinds of advances that are being reported by the Israeli military, there becomes the question about whether this war can head into a new phase, perhaps a more tactical phase. Uh, Is that the kind of thinking that's uh, being bandied about now in uh, leadership circles in Israel right now? Yes, yeah, so um, we're not being um, told everything uh, on the on the ground maneuvers. So um, w- what we can say, though, is that right now um, the Israeli army is definitely concentrating on a more um, precise operation in Gaza City. They're right now um, basically um, encircling the very um, center of this um, city, and they're tackling um, what, what is over there, like, like I said, above and beneath the ground. Um, there's also very um, complex... Um, um, array of tunnels that is um, underneath um, Gaza City, and that is um, a very hard um, operation to tackle these tunnels, um, to, to find the piers, to block them, or to even um, go inside. So that's, I think, the big challenge um, for, for the ground forces at this time. And along with the reports that Hamas leadership has been killed, we are also hearing continuing reports of a mounting civilian toll as well and growing concern here in the United States from the White House and Democratic lawmakers about that. What impact, if any, is that having on Israel's thinking? So, um, you know, we, we, we're seeing, um, first of all, I think um, we, we should mention that the Palestinian death toll is now set to be um, almost 10,000, um, 900, 770 um, people that, that were killed um, in Gaza. And um, this morning, the IDF announced that it will once again allow safe um 
passage on one of the main roads in, in Gaza for four straight hours and calling residents in North Gaza to move south for, for their safety. Um, on the humanitarian aid, so we have um, seen that grow um, slightly larger than, than over the past um, few weeks. Um, yesterday, 70 trucks that were carrying international humanitarian aid were transferred to Gaza via the Rafah crossing. We've also heard um, Jordan's King Abdallah II say that his nation airdropped urgent medical aid to a Jordanian field hospital in Gaza City. So Israel is allowing um, more and more humanitarian truck, um, trucks, um, trucks carrying humanitarian aid to come into Gaza. Um, still no fuel is allowed to go into um, the, the strip. Um, also, the Rafa crossing has been shut down um, again after, after it was open um, for several days late last week um, for foreigners and dual nationals or injured Palestinians to leave um, Gaza for the first time since um, fighting started. So now this crossing is, is closed again for, for people. So the trucks are coming in from for Egypt, but the people are not allowed to leave um, um, uh, Gaza. This is after um, the Israeli military claimed responsibility for a deadly attack on an ambulance near a hospital, although Israel said it was carrying um, Hamas fighters. And in any case, this has brought um, Hamas to stop um, enabling people to leave Gaza through the Rafah crossing. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.